Thanks for listening to The Awakening Podcast. We hope this message inspires and encourages you today. If you have a Bible, turn with me to Joshua chapter number three. It is good to be in the land of the patriots. Just got to get that off my chest. So the jealousy leaves me. That spirit of jealousy has got to get off me. Y'all are going to win it again, aren't you? It must just be ho-hum for you. Oh, another year, another Super Bowl. <laughs> but uh, it is a massive honor to be here. And uh, like Pastor Jordan was saying, I, I feel like family. I don't know if you knew this, but you have a crazy Mexican cousin named Chad that lives in Los Angeles. And so I've just come to have some fun and encourage and, and really see what God is doing. I've seen what God has done, and I'm excited to be here to see what he's doing right now. And I first want to honor the founding pastors of this church. I see them here on the front row. Can we make some noise for the pioneers? Come on, let's really honor what they've built. We're standing in their faithfulness, their integrity, their longevity. Come on, their sacrifice. We honor you guys today. We love you so much. And um, this is my first time getting to see Pastor Steve since the accident. And so we prayed for you and, and believed with you. And we just thank God for your health. We thank God for the season that you're in. And uh, it takes a secure leader to pass on your life's work to your son. Don't act like you've ever done it before, okay? <laughs> but uh, to have a son and a couple like this that are worthy. You know, the Bible says that we're to live a life worthy of our calling. And we've watched this young couple live at that level. You know, long before you step in the level that God has for you, you should be living at that level before you get the promotion, before you get what you've been dreaming of, before the call comes, you got to live at that level. Somebody say amen. And this young couple, we've watched them live at this level for years, and uh, we honor you today, and we want to say as a church, we're with you heart and soul, and uh, we're thankful for all that God's done, but it is a new season, and for such a time as this, God has appointed you guys, and not only does he appoint people, remember God, if he wanted you to be doing something else, he would make that happen. If he wanted you to be somewhere else, he would make that happen. But most of us have to realize you're on an assignment from God. I wish I got a louder amen than that. You're on an assignment from God. So if you're a stay-at-home mom, you're on an assignment from God. If you're an entrepreneur, you're on an assignment from God. And we believe that God has appointed you and anointed you. You don't have to try and get anointed. You are anointed. And so we're with you. We love you. We celebrate you. We honor you. Remember, the Bible teaches us that we're to be a blessing to our pastors. If you're to translate that out into today's generation, it literally means we're to buy them Starbucks gift cards. <laughs> I felt the Holy Spirit when I said it, okay? <laughs> but we're to be a blessing, not a burden. Don't you be a burden in this house. If you want to be a burden, there's all kinds of other churches for you to go check out. But we're to be a blessing to our pastors. And so one more time, let's clap and celebrate and honor. We love you guys so much. 
Come on, give them a louder clap than that. It's a new season. I feel like Israel Houghton. I might sing right now. All right. Well, if you don't know me, my name is Chad, and uh, I live in Los Angeles. I am a married man. Any married people in the house? I'm 11 years married to my beautiful wife. She's coming to the second service, kind of a sleeper in her. And um, she, uh, she's got with us two of our boys. We have four kids, four kids. My daughter, my oldest, is turning eight years old on Tuesday. So I got an eight-year-old, a six-year-old, a four-year-old, and the, the youngest one, he's having his birthday on Super Bowl Sunday. So, so we've got eight, six, four, and two, one girl, three boys. We haven't slept in years. I'm so tired. But God's been good to us. Has God been good to you? Come on, let's clap one more time and thank God for his goodness and his faithfulness today. Amen. Okay. Keyboard player, you're fantastic. Let's clap for the keyboard guy. I mean, he just set the mood right there. Just Joshua chapter 3, verse number 1. I'm going to jump in. Let me just, it, it is, it is uh, my privilege to kind of give a little bit of context into what we're reading today. So before we read, let me explain to you what has just happened. There was a guy that God raised up in the Bible named Moses. Moses was a deliverer. God, God asked Moses to get his people out of slavery. They were in Egypt, out of slavery and into the promised land. So God, God comes and speaks to Moses, and he says, Moses, I'm going to use you. And when God speaks to Moses and says this, Moses says, no, you're not. You can't use someone like me. I have a past. I have issues. I just want to encourage you, if you have a past and you have issues, you're a candidate for God to do something great through your life. Anybody thankful today? He does not use perfect people. He uses who he wants to use. So Moses is like, nah, fam. You're not going to use me. I stutter. I've got, I've got a past. I've got issues. Long story short, God's like, you are a perfect person for me to use. So God uses Moses to, to have the 12 plagues and, and get his people out of Egypt and and they, they, they go on a journey to the promised land. And if you know anything about the Bible, he splits the Red Sea. And they've got fresh manna and, and fresh Nikes and, 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 and a pillar of cloud and a fire. And, and, and it's under the leadership of, uh, of Moses that they get the Ten Commandments. It is under the leadership of Moses that God does wonders. Right before they get into the promised land, Moses has a whoopsies. You ever have a whoopsies? Let me see your hand. I'm kidding. You don't have to raise your hand. But Moses makes a mistake. God says to Moses, speak to the rock and I'll bring water out of it. And Moses, out of his anger, strikes the rock. God says to him, you will not lead the people across the Jordan and into the promised land. I'm going to choose a new leader. The new leader that God chooses is a man named Joshua. Now remember, this journey to the promised land out of slavery, should have only cost 40 days. It's taken them 40 years. I just want to encourage you, in your life, it could take 40 days, but for some of us, it will cost 40 years. 
Let's be obedient to what God speaks so we don't have to keep going through the same problems and the same drama and we can enter into our full potential. Somebody say amen. I'm not trying to waste no 40 years of my life. I want to get into what God has for me. So, so, so he raises up a new leader and his name is Spanish and his, his name Josue. And so, so Joshua is the new sheriff in town. Joshua is the new pastor. Joshua is the new leader of the people of Israel. And God speaks to Joshua and says, it's time to go into the promised land. Look at Joshua chapter 3. It says, then Joshua rose early in the morning and they set out from Acacia Grove and came to the Jordan River. He and all the children of Israel and lodged there before they crossed over. So it was after three days that the officers went through the camp and they command the people saying, when you see the ark of the covenant of the Lord your God and the priests and the Levites bearing it, then you shall set out from your place and go after it. Yet there shall be a space between you and it, about 2,000 cubits by measure. Do not come near it that you may know the way by which you must go. For you have not passed this way before. I love that part. You have not passed this way before. In other words, what God is saying is, hey, Joshua, you have seen some stuff. You've seen the pillars and the clouds and the, and the manna and the sea, but you've never seen anything like this before. You have not been this way. Awakening church, I want to say to you, you have seen God's faithfulness, but you've never been this way before. You've never been down this path. You've never seen what God's about to do in 2020. You've never seen anything like we're about to step into. Somebody say amen. If you believe God's not taking us to where we've been, come on, you ought to clap like you got faith for your life. God's taking us away. We've never been before. You've never been down this road. You've never seen nothing like this before. God's not trying to rewind the tape to bring you into the old thing. He is awakening your spirit to bring you into the new thing. He says, get ready, son. You've never been down this path before. Oh, I love this. Verse 5, and Joshua said to the people, sanctify yourself, for tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. I wonder if you're getting ready for the wonder thing. I, I want to remind you what you already know. We serve the God that still works miracles. We serve the wonder-working God. We serve the God of signs and wonders. And when wonders break out, you're going to wonder, how did this happen? How did we get it? How did we get the promotion? How did the check come? How did we see this, this miracle take place? God's trying to work wonders among you so you can understand it is not by power, it is not by might, but it's by the Spirit of the living God. Are you ready for the wonder thing? When the wonder thing hits your family and the wonder thing hits your business, you just sit there wondering like, I don't know how. How did we land this deal? How did so-and-so come? How did we... How, some of y'all married people should just look at your spouse like, how, why is God so good? You ever see a married couple and you kind of look at the dude like, how did that dude get that girl? <laughs> point at him if they're in the church. Come on, you guys, stop it. Don't point at him. Just think it in your head. Wonders. 
He'll do wonders. I wonder if you're planning this next year, if the glass is half empty or if the glass is half full. He says, get ready. Because remember, the worst thing for your life is to be in a miracle and not realize that a miracle's taking place. Awakening church, we're in a miracle. Signs and wonders. Don't treat it like it's normal. Don't treat it like every church has this. Don't, not every church fills the Dunkin' Donut. Most churches sitting around eating a Dunkin' Donut, okay? <laughs> Can't get an amen. He says, get ready. Because tomorrow, the Lord will work wonders. I speak that over your life. God's getting ready to do wonders. Are you ready for it? Are you planning for it? Are you praying for it? Do you have faith for it? Give them a big clap right now. If you believe God, you're about to do the wonder thing in my life. Just leave you there like wondering. I tell you, the wonder thing broke out in my life. We were on the one-yard line about to win back-to-back Super Bowls, and the wonder broke out, and y'all stole one. Tom Brady was wondering. Okay. And why did they run that play? Then, then Joshua spoke to the priest, saying, take up the Ark of the Covenant and cross over before the people. So they took up the Ark of the Covenant and went before the people. And the Lord said to Joshua, this day I will begin to exalt you in the sight of all of Israel, that they may know that as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. You know what God is saying to Joshua? He's saying, son, listen, listen. You're already a big deal in my eyes, but I'm about to make you a big deal in their eyes. You already matter to me, but I'm going to put some respect on your name and that you're going to matter to them. The, the same way that I promoted Moses, get ready, Joshua, I'm about to promote you. Listen, church, promotion cometh not from the east nor the west. Promotion cometh from the Lord. He is the God of promotion. And if he wants to, he'll bless your name. If he wants to, he'll promote you big. Anybody thankful that we don't have to self-promote because we're on a God promotion at Awakening Church? Come on, somebody thank him right now. He'll bless your name. He'll bless your family. He'll bless Awakening. He said, you already a big deal to me, but I'm going to make you a big deal to them. I, I, and the same way I made Moses, when they said Moses, who say it again, say it again. It'll be like that with Joshua. There's some respect on your name. I believe God can, God can make your name great. If you've got a bad reputation, we serve the God that turns around bad reputations. You can ask Rahab about it. The first thing God says to Abraham, Abraham, I will bless you and I will make your name great. May Awakening Church have a great name. That when people hear it around the world, they say, I, that church changed my life. That church, I got saved there. That church, I was baptized. That church, I watched their sermons. That church, I listened to their music. I want to preach a message today. You can write down the title. It's called, It's Time to Move On. It's time to move on. Just touch somebody next to you and tell them very kindly, it's time to move on. If you're married, just, just reassure them. I'm not talking about our marriage, but just like, it's time to move on. It's time to move on. It's time to move on. Let's pray together and believe that God will come 
and speak to us. Jesus, we thank you that you're the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. You're a multi-generational God. Lord, we thank you that you're a signs and wonders God that does the wonder thing among us. We are believing today as we open up your word that you'll open up our eyes and our ears. Open up our eyes so we can see you, Jesus. Open up our ears so we can hear you, Holy Spirit. We thank you for a word today that would encourage us in our soul and our situation. We thank you, God, that you are so good, so kind, so loving, so gracious. We believe together, God, that you are for us and not against us. And Lord, as a church, we're believing that the best is yet to come. The best is in front of us. And Lord, we thank you that this year's Super Bowl, Lord, as the Patriots win again, Lord, that Bill Belichick will retire. Tom Brady will retire and give somebody else a chance. In Jesus' name, and everybody said together, come on, just give me a little bit of your faith today. We're sick of the suffering. <laughs> have, you ever, um, have, have you ever felt that before? Like it's just, it's time to move on? Just like, I like this feeling where it's just like, whoop. I think we're good here. It's time to move on. It's time to get out of this job. I think we're done in this friendship here. It's been enough drama. It's time to move. I like when I know when it's time to move on and I know when it's time to not. Like I know I'm just, I'm staying. I'm good. The other day, someone tried to convince me that it was time to move on past my half and half in my coffee and move on to almond milk. I was like, no, not time. I don't want your almond milk. I don't want your soy milk. I don't want your oat milk. I don't want your mama's milk. I don't want none of it, okay? I want my coffee half and half. Somebody say amen. amen. The other day, someone tried to convince me that it was time to move on past cable TV and just go strictly Apple TV. I was like, nope, I'm good. I like both, Okay. I want my ESPN ready just right there on the cable box, and I like to have the Apple TV. I'm not ready to move on. I remember growing up, though, I grew up poor. Anybody else? Come on, just if you're proud of it now, just I grew up poor. Like, I grew up so poor, my mom used to make our clothes, okay? She used to make my swimming outfit. My mom made my Speedo to go to the pool. It's one thing to have a Speedo. It's another thing when your mom made the Speedo. People at the pool be like, oh my gosh, are you guys from Europe? Are you guys from Europe? I'm like, no, shut up, we poor. Okay, we're poor. So growing up, my dad, he used to always buy the cheap seats, like 300 level. We'd be up there watching the basketball game, and the, you barely see the people down there in the court. And at the end of the game, you know, like when there's like five minutes left, when there's, you know, the game does not end when the, when the buzzer, you know, goes off. The game ends, it's usually about five, six minutes left. And there's some play that indicates to the whole arena, like everybody got the same text, it's time to leave. It could be a three-pointer. It could be a turnover. It could be a timeout. All of a sudden, the entire arena stands up and leaves at the same time. This was my favorite part of the game because my dad would elbow me and he'd say, it's time to move down. <laughs> We'd spend the next five minutes watching the scrubs at the end of the bench Play the last five minutes of the game. I don't know who I'm preaching to today. But I just love that. We knew when it was time to move on. I want to encourage you that God 
is so good. He is a God that speaks. He is a God of new seasons. He is a God of direction. And he knows when to move you. And he knows where to move you. Come on, somebody clap and thank God today. If you're grateful, he's going to tell you when it's time to move on. It's time to move. Sometimes he'll say, stay. And sometimes he will say, go. I love that he spoke to Joshua and he said, Joshua, it's time to get across the Jordan River. It's time to get into your promised land. It's time. So it says, and they, they, they set out from Acacia Grove and they set out towards the Jordan River. Write down number one today. Where are you coming from and what are you set out towards? Verse one, and so Joshua and all the children of Israel. I love that. Can you get the picture of Joshua? He's the leader, and all the generations are with him. In other words, what God's doing in your life is not just for you. It's for the generations behind you. It's not just for your success. It's for our kids' success. So Joshua was led out with all, listen, your kids are watching. Our teenagers are watching. The next generation is watching. And so Joshua set out from Acacia Grove. If you study out Acacia Grove, it is literally a hard place or a stuck place. God was saying, I'm getting you out of this stuck place. I'm getting you out of this this hard place, and I'm bringing you into a new place. I'm bringing you from, and I'm setting you out towards. My question to you, don't tell me just what you're coming from. I want to know what you're set out towards. Most people in church be like, oh, man. I'm getting rid of my habits. I'm getting rid of my addiction. I'm getting rid of my jealousy. I'm getting, listen, if you don't replace your negative with a positive, you're going back to your negative. Where are you coming from and what are you set out towards? I'm coming from my addiction, but come on, I'm set out towards freedom. I'm coming from my jealousy and I'm coming towards my security. I'm coming from my greed and I'm set out towards generosity. Where are you coming from? What are you set out towards? I don't know what 2019 looked like for you, but God's bringing you from, and he's setting you right now in December towards. And they set out from Acacia Grove, and they set out towards the Jordan River. God always has a from, but he always has a towards. So he's bringing you from something, and he set you to something. What is he bringing you from? What is he taking you out of? Maybe it was a funk season. Maybe it was a terrible season. Maybe it was some depression last year. Maybe it was some addiction. Maybe some things caught you up. Maybe you got bitter. Maybe there's unforgiveness. Maybe there's authority issues. God's saying, you coming from this thing, and I'm setting your life towards this new thing. And he said, he, God, God comes over and he says, Come out of the hard place and set your life towards the new place. I'll never forget when I was when I was 19 years old. I was um, I was in in Bible college and and I was driving to a camp called Big Bear in Los Angeles up up to this to the mountains. And we're in the car. And while we're in the car, I just became a new youth pastor at a church. We got a call that our senior pastor, age 54 years old, had a sudden heart attack and passed away. 
And so me and another staff member were driving, and we began to cry, and, and we were really moved, and we, we, we didn't know, should we go back to our church or continue on to our obligations at this camp? Well, we, we, we felt like, you know, we need to fulfill our obligations to go be at this camp. And so we kept driving, and we were driving the car. We didn't know what to do, so he put on a cassette tape. Okay, okay, I'm 40, okay? So he, put, he popped in a cassette tape of a preacher named Creflo Dollar. And, and, and the title of the message, I'll never forget, the title of the message was called The Anointing of Discipline out of Galatians 6, 7, and 8. Galatians 6, 7, and 8 says, Do not be deceived, for God cannot be mocked. For whatsoever a man sows, that he shall reap. For the man that sows to the flesh will of the flesh reap corruption, but the man that sows to the Spirit will of the Spirit reap everlasting life. And, and Creflo Dollar started to teach on this word. I'd never heard it before. Zoe, the abundant life, the everlasting life. I was 19 years old, and God was giving me the name for my church. Remember, you're always playing checkers, but God's always playing chess. You're always thinking, I got this move. God's playing a whole nother game in your life. He's three steps ahead. Come on, give him some faith right now. If you're thankful, he knows what he's doing. He knows what he's doing. And so I'm, I'm in the car, and, and Creflo Dollar's preaching this word, and God speaks to me as a 19-year-old man, and he says, you, you're 19 years old. I'm a pastor's kid. He said, 19 years old, you have been led and ruled by the flesh and I'm taking you from the flesh, and I'm moving you towards the Spirit. And you're going to be addicted to the Spirit, and filled with the Spirit, and led by the Spirit. I knew where I was coming from, but I set my life towards, and I'm here this day because God spoke to me and said, I know what you're coming from, but I'm setting your life towards. So, so they came out of Acacia Grove, from the hard place, and they set out towards the Jordan River. This is exciting. Come on, man. We've been waiting 40 years, man. You know, the hard place, gen generation. And they set out towards the Jordan. Now, I'm just going to be honest. If I was in the group and we got to the Jordan, I'd be like, whoop, whoop. Let's go. Like, give me to Cabela's. Give me a raft. Like, let's go. But it says they set out towards the Jordan, and when they got to the river, they lodged there. I got to be honest. I'm tired of lodging. I'm ready to cross. Write down number two today. Get everything ready. Get everything ready. Because before they crossed the Jordan River, God had them camp at the Jordan River because he said, I've got to get you ready spiritually. I've got to get you ready physically. i got to get you ready in your mentality. i got to get your relationships right. I'm not just going to cross you over and you get in your promised land and you don't know what to do with it. No, I'm going to get you ready. I'm going to prepare your life. I'm going to prepare your heart. I'm going to prepare your mind. Get, and they lodged there. Why does God have you lodge at the river before you cross into your promised land? Most of us think that the ultimate thing is crossing the Jordan into our promise. It's not the ultimate thing. It's the next thing. It's just the next thing God has for you. The ultimate thing is being at the river of God. Rivers in the Bible, have they represent something. It's, it's the living water of God. It's a reflection of God. It's God saying, I'm getting you out of the dry place, and I'm getting you into the river place. I, I want you 
you to sit. I want you to dine. I want you to consume. I want you to drink in. I want you to enjoy. I'm better than the promised land. You don't need the promised land. You just need me. Most of us in church, we get so excited, like, yeah, promised land, that's right, I got a promised land. And God's like, yeah, but if you never got into the promised land and you just were down by the river and you got to rejuvenate and refresh and restore, would that be enough? Because God has them out of the hard place and into the river. I always have that saying in my head from Chris Farley in a van down by the river. (laughs) It is not that junky. For here, it is God saying, I want you to come, and I know you've been in a hard place, and before I bring you into your new ground and your new level, can I just restore your soul? I love Psalm 23. He leads me by green pastures and still waters and passive righteousness for his namesake. I love this about God because Jesus said, I've got water that if you'll drink it, you'll never be thirsty again. And most of us are, are, are just so busy trying to get to our promised land that we miss the lodging part and just the sitting part. And God said, don't, don't worry, I'll get you there. I'm, I'm a faithful God. I'm a promise giver. I'm a promise keeper. But before we go over there, can we just sit and dine and reflect and have a moment together? And can we lodge with one another and get everything ready? Remember, before God blesses something, before God really gets ready to bless something, he always organizes it. God does not bless chaos. He is not the God of disorder. He, I, love, I love Jesus that when they come and they're like, we got to feed them with the fish and the bread and the 5,000. And Jesus is like, all right, I'm going to do the wonder thing. But before I do with the 5,000 men and the women and the children, I need them to all get in groups of 50. Sit them in groups of 50. Get some organization to my blessing. Because when I bless, you better be ready. When I bless, you better have some preparation. When I bless... It'll be, you won't be able to handle it if you don't prepare for it. Somebody thank him right now because he's asking me to sit and prepare, sit and be still, sit and get ready. I don't know what it is about my wife, but before we go on a trip, she gets our house ready like we were about to experience the rapture. I'm telling you, before we get on a plane, every all the laundry's done, the house is picked up, all the bills have to be paid. You would think we were never coming back to this house. What is it about before going on a trip that something inside of us says, prepare, prepare, prepare. Before you go in your promised land, prepare, prepare, prepare. Get ready. Make a way. Make a straight path. Get your heart right. Get your mind right. Get your spirit right. Somebody thank him, awakening. We're going to go to our promised land, but we're going to prepare everything that God wants us to be and everything that God has for our life. Everybody wants the blessing. Nobody wants the preparation. Everybody wants promised land. Nobody wants prepared land. God does not bless those who are not prepared. He will not move with those that are not willing to be prepared for what God has for them. 
I'm telling you, Awakening Church, God has more for us than we could ever ask, think, or imagine. God has more prepared than you could ever write down on a napkin or fill a whole moleskin with. God has ways. God has plans. God has prosperity, but he will never do it without preparation. He will never do it until our soul and our relationships and our money and our mind is ready. Give him a praise today. He's getting us ready. Come on, touch somebody. Tell them, get ready, get ready, get ready. Get ready, get ready, get ready. Get ready, get ready. And they came to the river and they lodged there. Could you, could you imagine the church folk? You know how church has always got complainers? <laughs> Come on, if you see a complainer, point at them. Come on, again, you guys, stop. We're just having fun today. Don't be so sensitive. Write an email. <laughs> the email address is stopcomplainingatawakeningchurch.com. Can you imagine some of the complainers that are down by the river? You know, some of the real Christian folks are just like, I love the river. It's so refreshing. Oh, my gosh, this is what I've always dreamt of. (laughs) I got a a whole bit for that one. Some of the grumblers probably like, dang, we thought Josue was the guy. So what? We got out of the stuck place, and we got to a river, big whoop. It, 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 is, it is more about the process than it is the promised land. And if you fix your eyes on the promised land, you're going to miss the process. God is more concerned with who you're becoming than what you're doing. And we think we please him because of what we're doing. He's bringing you to water so you can become. I'm grateful for my river seasons. I'm grateful for my river time. Every once in a while, I need the Lord to say, I'm bringing you from your stuck place and into the place that flows with rivers. Amen? And so they get to the river, and they lodge there, and they prepare there, and they get ready. Let me just say this. Probably one of the most spiritual things you could do out of today is go home and make a budget. Get your, get your, you always got to get, a couple things ready. You got to get your mind right, your money right, and your relationships right. God really doesn't work with people that can't get those things right. I got to get a sober mind. The Bible speaks to have a sober mind. I think with sobriety. That's why it says don't get drunk in the Bible because you, you can't reason. I got to be reasonable in my thinking. So I get my mind right and my money right and my relationships right. And God goes, get ready. I'll bring you into a new land. So this is how good God is. So so now they've been by the river, and God's like, okay, let's go. We're going to do it. Crossing over. Okay, you guys ready? Ready. Okay, here we go. God is so good, he has specific instruction for every season of your life. God is so detailed, he has instruction for even what they're supposed to do while they cross into their promised land. 
While they cross, look now, we're in chapter 4. While they cross, put it on the screen if you have it. He says, this is what I want you to do as we cross. Look at chapter 4, verse 3. And command them, saying, take for yourselves 12 stones from here, out of the midst of the Jordan, from the place where the priest's feet stood firm. You shall carry them over with you and leave them in the lodging place where you lodge tonight. Look at verse 5. And Joshua said to them, cross over before the ark of the Lord your God into the midst of the Jordan, and each one of you take up a stone on his shoulder God says as you cross pick up 12 stones and put them on your shoulder and carry them across into your new land 12 stones y'all remember boom boxes tell the truth you remember boom boxes I tried it one time I had the boom box some guy was like hey bro come on give it to me you just you look like you're gonna fall over God goes pick up 12 stones Put them on your shoulder and carry them over. These are the stones that allowed the priest's feet to stand firm. These are the, the stones that were helped. These are, these are truths. These are principles. These are promises. This is the stuff that allowed our pastors to lead us into the new land. This is the stuff that made, these are words that God gave us. These are prophecies that the Lord gave us. I want you to write down the third thing. Pick up your stones. Pick up your stones. Pick up your 12 stones. Pick them up. And God is not taking you from your old place into your new place so you can forget everything he said and everything he promised and everything he did. No, he wants you to bring that stuff that he spoke over you and declared over you and broke in you so you can, you can remember this is his faithfulness. I'm going to give you, worship team, come join me. I'm going to give you 12 stones, 12 awakening stones that we are carrying into this new season. 12 awakening stones that we are carrying into 2020. Write down the first one. We're carrying Jesus. Any Jesus people in the house today? We're carrying Jesus. Yeah, because the Bible says the stone that the builders rejected has for us become the chief cornerstone. If you're going to be a part of awakening, we're a Jesus church. It's Jesus always only. We're going to sing about him. We're going to gather about him. We're going to read the scriptures about him. It's always about Jesus. So the first stone we're carrying into this new season, it is Jesus. For us, we're Jesus people. We're obsessed with him. We're in love with him. We live for him. For us to live is Jesus and to die is gain. We, we say like Paul said in Galatians 2, verse 20, I have been crucified with Jesus. It is no longer I that live, but it's Jesus that lives through me. And the life that I now live, I live by faith in the Son of God. Are there any Jesus people at Awakening Church today? So we're bringing Jesus. Write down the second one. We're bringing faith. The faith that got us here is going to be the faith that gets us there. What is faith? It is trust, it is confidence, and it is belief. We're going to trust God more. We're going to believe God for more. We're going to have confidence in God more. We're taking our faith, a new faith, a fresh faith. I pray in your life that you'll graduate to another level of faith you've never had before. Anybody want mountain-moving faith? Come on, anybody want faith that pleases God? Come on, we're a faith church around here. We're taking our faith in this new season. Write down the third one. It's generosity. We're bringing our generosity because it's been the generosity of those that have come before us that have built this building. 
it has been the generosity of others that have allowed us to fill the Dunkin' Donuts. It has been the generosity of others that allowed us to have a youth conference that shakes all of America for the glory of God. And it will be the generosity of this church that leads us into the next season of our life. And God didn't ask us to be generous so we can sit back and now uh, attract and acquire and obtain. No, it's still about giving. Remember, you ain't living till you start giving. Anybody down to be more generous than we've ever been before? Come on, clap if you're down. I love what we're doing for Christmas, all the Christmas presents. Write down number four, prayer. It's a stone we're taking. It's the power of a praying church. It's the power of a praying mom. It's the power of a praying husband. It's the power of a praying pastor. It's the power of a prayer person. A person that goes to God and says, Lord, your word says, if your people who are called by your name will humble themselves and pray and turn from their wicked ways, then you will hear from heaven. You will forgive our sins and you will heal our land. America needs prayer. Rhode Island needs prayer. Providence needs prayer. Our children need prayer. Your business needs prayer. Your marriage needs prayer. Awaken needs prayer. Come on, anybody down to pray? Just a reminder, you're too busy not to pray. You've got too much going on in your life. You've got too much pending in your world for you not to pray. The Bible says pray without season. Don't stop praying. Just keep on praying and keep on asking and keep on seeking and keep on knocking. And God will do the wonder thing. And God will do the promotion thing. Our job is just to seek God and the rest will take care of itself. Amen. So the next time we call a prayer meeting, let's all gather together and pray like never before. Come on, number five. Just going to continue on just real quick. Number five, serving. God didn't bring you into your promised land so you can get to your lazy boy recliner and watch everybody else serve. I had a guy in the church say to me recently, he goes, you know what? I think my season of serving is done. Done enough. Going to sit back now, relax. I was like, oh, I never saw Jesus do that. Huh. The kingdom of God is all about giving. And how do we give? We serve. God's not getting you a promised land so you can get all your relaxation. He's bringing you a promised land so you can get others into their promised land. Amen. Just a couple more. Number six, community. Oh, you're not in your promised land so you can be isolated, so you can be by yourself. Now he's bringing you in your promised land, and he's bringing us a community of believers together. What good is your celebration if you celebrate alone? First thing that God says about a man, it's not good that he's alone. It's not good. Remember, when you're alone, you're going to get picked off by the enemy. When you're alone, the Bible says a person that isolates themselves seeks their own desire and rages against all wisdom. God didn't call us to be alone. He called us to be in community. Come on, just a couple more. Number seven is kindness. Nothing worse than a mean Christian. Can I get a good amen for that? A mean Christian. Why are you so mean? I don't know. God is good. He doesn't look very good. Number eight, compassion. Number nine, laughter. Oh, I love that. That when I get in my promised land, 
I got to laugh a little bit and smile a little bit and get some levity in my soul because it's not me that did this. God has been so good. God has been so faithful. God has been so generous. Come on, let's laugh easy. Let's laugh at ourselves. Don't laugh at others and be mean. Laugh at the goodness of God. How I know who I am. How could God be so good to somebody like me? Number nine, number nine is laughter. Number 10 is favor. Favor got you here. Favor is going to get you there. Number 11 is freedom. It is not, God didn't get you in your promised land so you can develop a new addiction. He didn't get you in your promised land so you can be more addicted to something else. No, it's for freedom that Christ has set us free. And the last one is heart and soul. What I mean by that is that we're going to come into this new season and these 12 stones will be here. And our kids may look and go, Dad, what do these stones represent? And you say, you know, what got us here, son, is the fact that we've had faith and we've had favor and we've had freedom and we've had laughter. And God was so good through the generations of our church that in this new generation, we're not taking away those old principles. They're the principles that are going to remain with us. And in this new season, uh, God is saying to us that we're going to be generous just like we were before. We're going to be servants just like we were before. We're going to be kind just like we were before. And we're going to be heart and soul. The only reason why we're doing what we're doing and we are what we are. Church, hear me. It's, we are not here off of the sacrifice of people that had to be here. We are here off the sacrifice of people that wanted to be here. They said, I'm in this thing, heart and soul. I'm in, I'm, this is my church. This is my tribe. These are my pastors. These are my people. And I just want to make a declaration as I come into this new season. 2020, I'm heart and soul. Come on, Awakening. Are you heart and soul? Are you ready for what God has for you? Thanks for listening to the Awakening Podcast. We hope this message has encouraged you. If you want to learn more about our church, visit us online at awakening.global. We'll see you soon.